So I think that most people, you know, are okay with missing out on some of that growth, knowing that they can sleep a little bit better at night. It's just a matter of can your plan also support it. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into All Things Retirement. I am Ben George. He's Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. And you can find them online at cardinalwg.com. Anthony, what's going on, man? Hey, Ben. Yeah, everything's going great. We are wrapping up our uh, annual review season with our clients and we are officially uh, looking at summer now. So getting really excited for spending some time with the family uh, with the summer coming up. So that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Very nice. Good to hear. And you know, today we're going we're gonna to spend some time on uh, some situations that are kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to financial planning, some things that you know both have a positive and negative side. We're going to go through some scenarios with Anthony, kind of see how how he would handle that uh, with clients and, and get some thoughts on that. But you, know, you mentioned kind of preparing for the summer and some, some time hopefully with the family and away from work. But I know how much time and energy you devote to uh, Cardinal Wealth Group. But if you could have any job, everything's equal, right? Same pay, same hours. Would you pick this one or what would it be? Uh, before I answer that, you know, it's, it's funny you, when you brought up uh, devoting family uh, to family time in uh, the summer. We're actually having our first birthday for Rosie with the family this upcoming month. Nice. But it's her second birthday because right. we weren't <laughs> able to have a, uh, a celebration of her first birthday with uh, family due to COVID and everything that was going on. So it's, uh, it'll be her first and, and second at the same time. But uh, So that's kind of what we're uh, getting ready for, planning that type of party and whatnot. So that's, that's uh, something that we're really looking forward to. But what would I do if, would you say if payment was all the same or? Yeah, or, hours were the same, pay was the same. You could, you know, everything was yeah. equal. Selfishly, I'd probably be a golf pro where I could <laughs> just kind of uh, be around a golf course. But I think realistically, if, if I was not taking it from a sports aspect, I would probably be a middle school or high school teacher. I, okay. I really doing like teaching and, and helping people and educating that and, and just kind of being around youth and helping to guide them. I could see myself doing something like that and I'd have uh, you know some summers to myself. So I know that being a teacher has got to be really tough, especially now too. But I, I think that that's something that I would really actually enjoy um, at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was not guessing that, um, but that's, that's really cool to see. I, I respect anybody that's you know, willing to give of their time like that and, and help teach. And I know, you know, to some small extent, that's kind of what the goal of the podcast is too, right? Is to try to help educate people and, and, uh, and teach them along the way. So I, I'd love to say I was courageous enough to, uh, run into fires and be a firefighter, <laughs> but, uh, that's just not my risk tolerance. So I, I give it up to any of the first responders who uh, are are going in the opposite direction that most people are going when something is going wrong. Yeah, there's no question. We could not could not do what we do without all of them and all yep. their help. So that's a good thing to point out. All right, let's jump into our conversation today. Uh, we'll have some mailbag questions later on too, so make sure you stick around to the end. But um, our conversation today is about you know some s- different circumstances that you'll find yourself in that that have positive and negative aspects. I mean. It happens you know, every day, but we're talking about it from a financial perspective. You know, things are going to have good and bad consequences. Now, think about what Sir Isaac Newton once said: "For every action, there is an equal 
and opposite reaction. So let's talk about the way that like how you, Anthony, would walk people through some of these and the thought process that goes into these various predicaments. And uh, let's start off with, for example, you want to sell some stock, right, to take advantage of maybe a lot of the growth that you've seen. You, you've made a lot of money, and maybe this is the case, especially over the last year, um, ever since that pandemic hit it and the bounce back from that point. But you're worried about all the tax, the taxes it's going to create, all the capital gains that you're going to be paying off from that. What would you tell somebody? Well, I guess it's a good thing that you have a tax problem, right? Because that means you made some money. So that that would be uh, a pat on the back. I think that if they would have come to me from the beginning before they would have bought the stock, if that's the scenario here, I would have said, let's think about the type of account we should utilize for this, say, stock purchase, whether we should buy it in a Roth, in a traditional IRA or, or in a regular taxable account, because that would have been something that we could maybe avoid some of the tax hit that you might be dealing with at this time. So I would have maybe thought about that first, but then also, you know, why are we selling it? Is it just to capture that gain? You know, what are we going to put the money to that's better for you? You know, what are we going to put it into that's going to need it, whether it's for your retirement or you're just looking to put it in your pocket? So those are some of the things I want to think about. And then also, are there any places that we can harvest some losses somewhere else in your portfolio to offset some of those taxes? So that's probably the main you know, talking points that I would really go through and obviously understand the purpose of the money from the beginning if I, if I was given that opportunity. Yeah, have a plan, have a strategy for, for whatever decision you make in that case. And sitting down with someone will, will help you do that. Uh, second scenario here. So this is one that is, is both good and bad because you receive an inheritance, right? But on the other side of that, you're, you're mourning the loss of a loved one. This is a very, very delicate situation, I'm sure, that you have to work with clients on because you know, it can be a life-changing scenario both ways, right? Good and bad. Absolutely. And uh, we, we do, un- unfortunately, come across this situation from time to time. I would say that you know one of the first things that we'll do is really encourage them to take some time and not do anything. Because if it's in a situation where you maybe have some debt that you want to get taken care of, or you want to do something above and beyond for the family, and you get this large lump sum, all of a sudden, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a good time to maybe just do nothing and, and just kind of um, maybe mourn if, if that's what's needed, but take six months and, and see if you still feel the same way about doing whatever you thought that you wanted to do with that lump sum before you just kind of make a knee-jerk reaction and, and do something with it. I know that that's one thing I would typically do. A second thing that we do come across is that if they're coming into an inheritance, is that they want to kind of bring in to what the, that family member maybe would have wanted them to do with that money. And so we'll take that into consideration. So if they're getting stock or investments from them, Sometimes they want to kind of maintain that type of investment and keep going with it. And that's part of almost keeping that person alive. And, and if there's a way that we can help offset those investments somewhere else because of any types of risk or overweight or underweight, we'll, we'll do things like that. Um, maybe that member that received the inheritance uh, from the deceased person that they're mourning hates debt. And so they want to take care of some of their own personal debt. So sometimes we'll go through a process where they will think through and give it some thoughts of saying, you know, how could I honor this person? And, you know, and they will kind of list that out. And they'll also say, you know, what's the best way to use those funds when it, in, uh, in comparison to that? 
Okay, that's very good to know. Some things to, to think about if you're ever in that situation. Here's a common one that I think a lot of people weigh, and it deals with putting money into a retirement account. So, you know, you look at that Roth IRA and you think, okay, I want to put money in here. It's going to grow tax free. But if I do that, I'm not able to put money in that traditional IRA and get that tax deduction this year. Yep, that's going to be a dilemma in terms of, you know, taking that tax deduction now versus, um, paying the, the taxes at whatever rate in the future. And does it make sense just to rip the Band-Aid off and pay the taxes now? And, and then you know that money will grow tax-free going forward. So there's a lot of different ways to go about it, right? You can certainly do an analysis. Um, you can also look at it from a standpoint saying, well, maybe I want to have you know some money in all, all the different types of tax buckets that are possible. So maybe I will put some money in both Roth and traditional so that I'm kind of balancing both uh, sides of that e- of the tax equation, if you will. So I think it's one of those things that many people don't give enough thought to um, each year. But then when you kind of think about it or you run out, if you keep doing this over say 20 years or 10 years and you see how much it builds up and you say, well, this could be a pretty, a pretty big risk in the future that I you know, kind of just builds up on me overnight and I, and I don't think about it and all of a sudden, that's a that can be one of your biggest risks in retirement. And so I know that a lot of people think they'll be in a lower tax bracket, but there's obviously policy changes that can happen with the stroke of a pen, where all of a sudden where you thought you were going to be in a 15% bracket and now you're in 25, but you're also going to be losing some probably deductions too when you're in retirement, like your 401k tax deduction. A lot of people pay off their their homes and so they don't have the mortgage deductions anymore. So you know, those are some things where they typically would have helped keep them in a lower tax bracket while they're working that in a lot of cases might be losing when they do retire. And you want to look at, you know, if you have two social securities in the household and a pension, and then you add up your required minimum distributions, you might not really have much of a lower tax bracket when you add up that all up. So it might make sense to diversify and put some money into a Roth or Roth 401k instead of the uh, taking the deduction today. Well, you touched on it, so let's let's address this other situation with taxes involved, and it's the house, as you mentioned. You know, a lot of people want to pay off their house, right? That's that's a great goal. If you lose that debt, man, it's such a huge burden lifted off your shoulders. But there's that mortgage and that deduction you can get off the interest. How do you weigh this one? You know, you see so many people with so many so much refinancing going on, uh, especially in this area in the, in the Philly suburbs area people moving, downsizing. It's so common today for people to have a mortgage in retirement. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that at all, as long as their retirement income plan can really support it. And I'm sure that that's important to the client as well to make sure that they can afford that mortgage while they're in retirement as well. So I don't have a problem uh, if they want to keep it going. And I don't have a problem if you want to pay it off. I think that it comes down to what's your view on money and, and debt. And so if you're somebody that could use the, the tax deductions, which, which could help offset, especially in New Jersey where home values and a mortgage sizes are really big, you could get some you know, good tax uh, interest deductions from your uh, home there. So it, it does make sense. But if you're somebody who really doesn't like debt and you want to get it paid off by, say, retirement, I don't have any problem with that either. So it, I think it really comes down to the individual. I think really the more of the question there would really be, does it make sense to make the extra payments on my mortgage right now? 
because I want to, you know, say paid off by retirement or a certain date, or, you know, I want to shorten the span of that mortgage. So I'm not losing that interest to the mortgage company. I would look at it in more that sense. I mean, certainly you can do the tax what if scenario where we look at if the house is paid off, but you're obviously freeing up a lot of money too for somebody when that house is paid off in, in most cases because a mortgage is usually one of the bigger line items on somebody's budget. So I, I would look at it more of in that sense of, do I need to pay it off by the time I retire? Uh, does it make sense to put extra payments into a mortgage where I could be putting it somewhere else, especially in today's low interest rate? You know, you're seeing a lot of people with uh, refinances at two and a half, two point seven five, three percent. It might make a lot more sense to take those payments, those extra payments, and put it, you know, somewhere else that you can earn more money on it at the end of the day. There you go. Some uh, some good things to think about in that that sense. But taxes always weigh in that option with taxes, which is a reminder. You know, cardinalwg.com, Anthony's website. There's a tax toolkit there to help you out uh, with tax planning and some things to be thinking about there. So let's wrap up the conversation with one more. And this is a big one too, right? And I think a lot of people will kind of weigh this decision throughout their lifetime. But you want to re- reduce the risk in your portfolio. But when you do that, you're worried about am I going to miss out on all the growth that I be, could be getting? So I know this is a big one and very crucial for for planning, the planning process, but how do you weigh the risk versus the growth? Yeah, I, I would say that most people that are coming in, I don't think are typically saying, I, I feel like I'm missing out on the growth when they want to reduce their overall risk because they're typically well, scared, nervous, concerned about the market you know, dropping down. And so most of the time, it, they're not saying like, I feel like I'm missing out on growth if I reduce it. Albeit, except for those people that are already in cash and are already afraid to get back in and probably need or know they need to get a higher rate of return for their financial planning needs and they can't stay in cash all the time. So I, I think it's going to come back to looking at your overall you know, financial planning needs to meet your kind of lifestyle goals of what you're trying to achieve, how much risk that you're comfortable taking. But I, you know, a lot of times I would say that, you know, there's always the outliers, but I'd say most of the time people have somewhat of a diversified uh, investment set up most of the time and are generally, you know, certainly near retirement looking for somewhere between four and 7% rate of return to kind of keep pace or outpace inflation and, and maintain a certain standard of living, that's something that can certainly be done and looking at risk uh, reduction strategies and where you're not missing out on you know, some of the market upside. So I, I think that most people you know, are okay with missing out on some of that growth, knowing that they can sleep a little bit better at night. It's just a matter of, can your plan also support it? So that, that's kind of where I would, would go with it. One of the things that we do for our clients is you know when somebody says that I want to reduce my risk or I want to get a higher rate of return, you know it's hard to really understand what that meeting is because it really is subjective. Like, well, what is less risk to you versus me? So we really want to quantify it. And what I mean by that is really we actually give them this software. We'll call it test or survey. It only takes a few moments, but in front of us or um, on their own, we'll email it to them, and they basically have like this sliding scale that basically quantifies you know, how much of a loss they're actually okay with 
or how much of an upside that they actually want to get with this money so that we can take their feelings and kind of put it into some math numbers. And then we can develop the investment strategies from there. And that helps us serve the clients better to better meet and understand what they mean when they say, I want to reduce my risk. Yeah, every single one of these, right, is going to have some some pros and cons to the decision, but you want to weigh all those out with somebody that can help take everything into account, the big picture into account when you make these decisions. But have a strategy, have a plan for everything you decide to do with your money. All right, let's take a couple of mailbag questions here to close out today's episode of All Things Retirement. We've got a couple I want to get to today. Let's start off right here with Greg. He says, I'm being offered an early retirement package for my company that includes a severance package and a pension buyout. Is it wise to consider this? I don't think there's any problem considering uh, an offer by any means, but I would just make sure that, number one, that you're ready to actually leave the company and give up you know, your paychecks and everything else, the benefits and whatnot that comes with it. Absolutely positive because in most people's cases, if they're kind of near you know, retirement to make that change and take the severance or the, or the pension buyout, um, that's a a decision that you really can't unwind. And it might not be easy to go find a similar job, a similar type of pay and setup that you've had with this company. So I would want to make sure mentally that you're actually there. Number two, I would want to make sure that the the financials make sense because if you do have a pension, that might be, you know, uh, something that you don't want to give up and, or whatever else they're offering you in a severance, whether it's, you know, partial medical part, part-time pay for the next six months, so there's all these different types of buyout and, and severance packages that are available to people. You just want to make sure that it works for your own financial purposes as well. But I absolutely don't think there's anything wrong with looking or listening in terms of what's there. But I would just take that information over to my uh, your advisor to figure out if that's a, a good fit for you. But make sure you're definitely there mentally. That's kind of how I would go about it, Greg. Thanks for that question, Greg. We got one more from Andy says... How much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock? I have about two million, but almost half of it is invested in one company. Well, I, I think that you could learn a lot from history here and realize that um, there's a lot that can go wrong when you have half of your money in one stock. Obviously, there's plenty of potential upside doing that as well. So maybe one thing you might want to do, Andy, is to Go look in the history books or you know Google you know stocks that you know people have lost their life savings on by having it basically all in one stock. So that that's one thing I would just kind of educate yourself from a history standpoint. But then also you know why why you invested like that? So what's the plan? What's your overall you know purpose of why you're invested this way? And does it actually make some mathematical sense? So one of the things that you know you would want to do is maybe take that stock and actually see how it's done over the last five years and understand how much risk and rate of return you're getting from it. And why don't you compare it to like the total stock market, mutual fund or ETF or the S&P 500 and see how much better, if at all, that it's done from it. Maybe it's done a lot better, maybe it hasn't, but and how much more risk you're taking when you take that approach, because you might find that it's really not that much different, but you're taking on a lot more risk with that one stock. And if there's not that much rate of return better, then why why wouldn't you want to maybe diversify that a lot more? So I would think about it from a planning standpoint, a risk reward uh, and a purpose at the end of the day. And then also 
probably have some rules around when is the right time for you to sell and, and to think through that. So you're maybe not making emotional decisions, but making it more from a, a rules-based type of situation. Because maybe, maybe it is a great stock to own, but certainly you want to understand, do you need to actually take that risk or is it just more of a preference at this time that you're doing? Very good. Thanks for that question as well. And if you have one for the show, for Anthony, you can connect in a couple of ways, cardinalwg.com, do that, and you'll see a contact link along the top. But also, you can call him directly at 609-362-5512 and just ask him directly, maybe set up a meeting to go into things into deeper detail than what we can offer here on All Things Retirement. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll have a new episode coming in a couple of weeks. Please hit subscribe, follow wherever it is you listen to the show, and you won't miss out on the next one when we put it out. Anthony, thanks for the time today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.